This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're back in the second hour, opening up the locker room, and we are so excited because our good friend, great friend of the show, and a great coach, Tom Bradley. Tommy, how you doing? You're checking in here in the locker room, my friend. Boy, I'm doing great, Wolf. How are you doing? Doing fabulous. You know, I know that you got to have, if you were listening at all, you got to pick up on the fact that Max was scarfing down some bacon while we were sitting. I, I'm telling you what, that's just unfair. You should have seen that bacon, man. He was, it was looking good. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Monday night, how much damage did you do? Because I'd like to have that weight from yesterday. I used to be Wednesday. I would love a weight from yesterday, knowing it was a Monday night game. Just remember, when and when it's Victory Monday, there's no way in Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep the victories rolling down, Tom. We got to keep the victories rolling. <laughs> can you see the damage he does up there before that game? Oh, man. Max, oh, yeah, no. I mean, the, Max, seriously, when he was on the field, we had to come to move around because there was crumbs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a true story. Tom would text me from from the press box. He'd text me into the, on the sidelines. He goes, move around. There's too many crumbs in one place. <laughs> Coming out of his pocket. He was pulling stuff out of his pocket. He had, like, two coats on. Well, you got to carry your supplies. You know what I mean? Listen, listen, you never want to be without, you know, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Now, coach, I got to ask you a little bit of something here. Now, what were you thinking as you watched? I don't know. What was, what was Cam Hayward doing? Was he on a hug up on the guard or was that, was that a screen pass to the guard? But Cam Hayward comes away with an interception. You coach the secondary. You, I mean, you've got experience with that. What do you say when a defensive lineman intercepts a ball like that about three yards away from the quarterback? I say, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> it all counts toward the interceptions. They don't say who got it. But that's not Cam's first one. I think he's got about three since he's been in the league, maybe two two for sure that I know of. Two, yes. Just two. But uh, he, he's a heck of a football player, boy, I'll tell you. He's some. You know, it was, it was funny, Tom, because I, I was asking Terrell Edmonds about this on a show, and, of course, you you coached Terrell, and I said, I yeah. said to Terrell, I go, what does Camp say when he pulls off one of those interceptions? And he goes, I don't know specifically what he says, he says, but um, he'll not let us forget it. You know, I mean, he will talk about it all week, all season long about his interception and how great he was to intercept it. <laughs> <laughs> They can talk about his great hands and everything, you know what I mean? So, hey, more power to him, huh? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing when they get him. Next thing you know, he'll be over with the DBs working on his T-step or something. <laughs> you, know, you know, chin over the toes and all that stuff, you know. But uh, good for him. Exactly. No, abs- absolutely. Uh, Coach, you know, when you look at the game last week, I mean, here's something that, I think Wolf and I have kind of been wrapping our brains around. And let, just let whoa, me know, whoa, whoa, Max, you know. Wait, you're, Ma- uh, wait, wait, Max, brains? brains. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Go ahead. Okay. okay, go ahead. Something that we've been <laughs> twisted up in our minds about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that sounded better. That, that, 
Hey, that, that space behind the forehead, above the eyebrows. Um, <laughs> got a location. Um, okay, you know, I got it. Now, one of the, yeah. So we've noticed, like, the first half of games, right, the Steelers' defense, you know, even in this four-game win, they've had that dominating, suffocating factor. But then there's that lull in the second half where teams kind of – inch back into the game, crawl back into the game, and it just doesn't seem like the carryover from first half to second half because of that break and lag time. You know, offense obviously sputters a little bit coming out the gates as well, but defensively, you know, teams start to drive. They put drives together, and it's been kind of something we've noticed over the second half. I mean, what do you attribute that to? I mean, is that is that just not adjusting? Is that kind of taking it for granted because the game, you know, we have a lead. What do you see as some of the things that kind of break down in the communication of the effort category in you those know, third I, quarters I think, of games? I don't think I don't think it's an effort uh, thing at all. I just think sometimes, you know, as the as the game gets going, you know, you got to give your opponent some credit. You know, they start to figure out some things the way they're playing, uh, different things, and they can go from there. And then, um, you know. I think some of the times, too, if we look up front, you know, I think that depth, not having that depth they used to have up there may affect them a little bit up there. Mm. But, you know, just looking at that. But, boy, I tell you, you know, it's just like, you know, we're talking about turnovers in the secondary. You know, the turnovers, they come in bunches. You know, you don't get them, you don't get them, and bam, then you got four of them, you know. So it's kind of going to come. I don't know if that's a stigma I'd say that they've had trouble, you know, in the second half. Because it's, you know, it's a pretty darn good defense out there on the field. How does how does an offense go about manipulating the secondary to get the uh, mismatches that they want? Can you give us a couple examples of you know what you faced in, in past years, like how a quarterback you know looks it over and then comes up with whatever he needs to do to get that mismatch? Well, you know, a lot of times it's you know, it's first off it's by personnel, and then second all it's by what you're giving them with for what you're getting formationally where they think they can get you with the matchup they want to get. And then these, you know, the quarterbacks, you've got to give them credit too, because they're looking for all their visual keys too, you know, to mm. get their lineup keys, their visual keys. And it's just not in the secondary. A lot of times and they look at that front and see how that thing's set up a little bit, know which guy's probably spinning down. Uh, they're looking at all different things. You know, I mean, I, I've seen some guys, that, you know, they look at the corners, they get a read on them. So it's pretty much they, they're going to work it through their system. And a lot of times, you know, you, you see a lot of the exotic formations too, you know, to try to get a mismatch on somebody for whether it be a mismatch or a lack of communication when that formation breaks. Would that be – Let me. I'm sorry, Max, I, I know I'm cutting in yeah, on this. Go but ahead. Let me ask you, when, when they go empty backfield, okay, they're spreading everybody out. Now you've got that opportunity to create that mismatch – that uh, obviously a Ben would, would be looking over a Tom Brady, something like that. These experienced quarterbacks, these guys that are so knowledgeable, you go that empty backfield, that is bound to create some sort of mismatch, correct? It, it is. A lot of times they can find it depending on what you're doing and what kind of rush you're giving. But then again, when you've you know you've emptied that thing out and if there's no one around the box, you pretty know up front your pass guy's got a, got a good – advantage too because they know what blocking scheme they're going to be getting up there as you guys know sometimes from as much as you guys have played in the nfl 
And then the other thing is, too, uh, Wolf, is the fact that, you know, it depends. where. When you say empty, you know, you, are you talking completely empty or is there a guy in the box, you know, within the, the you know, within the tight end box that he can protect? And there's a, there's a different kinds of empties when True. you empty him out, you know. And so because, you know, that guy can always chip his way out or he can be an outlet guy or things of that nature. So, you know, there's a bunch of chess match going on. And, and you know, and sometimes, you know, guys are in the secondary in the perfect position. And you've seen it a lot this year with the Steelers, you know, with some of those receivers where Ben just throws the ball, you know, perfectly and the receiver adjusts to it and nothing against the DB. You know, he, he played it as well as he could possibly play it. And sometimes you've got to give the offensive guys credits for their skills too. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean that that's one of, you know, those creative offensive ploys to get what you need. Um, most definitely is when you go when you, when you go spread a little bit, but you know when I'm looking at just kind of some of some of the uh, the the support stuff when we're adding that eighth man in the box, right? Safety's dropping down in the box when a team is in noticeable like two tights, one back. Very rarely do you really see a true fullback these days. I mean, how is how is that on the play action as far as the safety's keys more often than not? I know there, there's there's some nuanced things that will change um, when you get into like cover three versus if you're actually in a man situation. Uh, but how how does how does how does how does the defense perceive that when a, you know a quarterback more than likely is going to go play action in those situations? How does the safety have to treat that? Is he is he thinking I've got to play pass first then run? Even though it's two tights on the line of scrimmage, or is he is he run first, pass second? Like that's one of the things I've always no, wondered about as far as how how they treat it. It's always going to be pass first back there when you you know you're the last line of defense. You know you're not you know you, you got to make darn sure on your read before you start to get your angle and coming down. And then you know a lot of times you'll hear you'll hear the secondary coaches talk about and, and you guys have heard him talk about this bad eyes. You know he had bad eyes. What's he looking at? You know right. there's a, there's a bunch of different things that go into that, but. Um, you know, I think, you know, that's one of the good things that I think that the Steelers have to Minka that he's very disciplined back there, you know. But although what's interesting, you know, they, they moved him around pretty a pretty on Monday night. They moved him some, as you saw, they had him playing in center field. Then they were dropping him into the hole, you know, into that hook area kind of a, in that particular defense to, to, to confuse the quarterback. And then you're two players that were in invert were coming back and playing half the field just as a change up to give them a little something different to look at when you see a guy like justin fields and obviously this guy's just got he's got some great legs great running ability able to break you know perimeter and and throw i I, first of all i gotta tell you i was i was amazed because when he threw for what 63 yards and a 25 and some change quarterback rating in the first half i was thinking wow they really got his number they're now in the second half he lights it up he creates or gets a couple mismatches that he could exploit. But his athleticism is remarkable. I mean, when he threw that ball running to his left across his body, uh, that was rather remarkable to whoever it was in the end zone there. I think it was Mooney. He threw a pass yeah, there. Mooney, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was remarkable. And what, what do you as a defensive coordinator, what do you say to your guys when you know you have that sort of athleticism you're dealing with? You know, we talked about that on the show too. You know, it's 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 easy when the quarterback goes back there next marks the spot, as you guys know. Right. But you know, but with him, you've got to be very disciplined on your pass rush and he can extend the plays. It, it can create a lot of problems in that secondary. We talked about plastering, you know. Uh you talk about guys running free. It, it, there's a lot of things that can happen. I think that's an advantage when you have a guy like 
like Justin who can run around like that. With, and you could see him, you know, he's just he's going to be a heck of a quarterback someday when, when he gets this whole thing figured out. Yeah, no, a- a- absolutely. He He's going to be a, a problem for the <laughs> NFC North in yeah, year, for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad he wasn't a problem for the AFC North. You know what I'm saying, Tom? I'm just glad he wasn't a problem for the AFC North. He's going to be a problem the way Max is in, at the Bacon Buffet. That's that's how he's going to be a problem. L- 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 listen, listen. My Bacon Buffet is done for now. And it's all about moderation, Wolf. Remember, moderation. I had, th- I had three slices yeah, Max, of bacon. That was it. I cut it off. Yeah, exactly. So judgy. So judgy McJudgy over here. Hey. Listen, one time I got food and I came back and it was gone. It was like, and he looked there like nothing happened. I woke whatever my food. Like I could see, I could see it on the side of his cheek. Like he my food. Exactly. Like, but he he's like, don't. He, he's trying to act like, don't break form. Don't break form. If I don't look at him, if I don't make eye contact, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh, god! I'm getting, uh, a, I'm getting a belly ache. <laughs> so, qu- question for you, Top. Um, the Lions, they're winless. Uh, let, let's just let we call it what we what it is. Um, come off a bye, but they just got trounced by Philly. I think the week before, forty four to six. How dangerous is a team that's searching for its first victory to a team that 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 is 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 on a streak like this? How, I mean, just in your experience, how dangerous is it to to see a team like that? I think it's very dangerous for a lot of reasons because people say, oh, this is a win. You're not going. This is the NFL. There is no directional team. This isn't like college where you got a northern or an eastern or a western team, okay? Uh, yeah. It, and so, you know, we just come out and you guys have both played in the big time in college. You know, we're, hey, we're just better personality. This is the NFL. Everybody has good people, you know. And you, and you look at Detroit, you know, I, I think where they really – they struggle on defense is probably the, the biggest thing, you know, um, in offense, they're not very good. That's why they haven't won a game, but you know, you, you, they've had a week off. I'm just, they're professionals, you know, they're pros. They want to win too. You know, it's, it's for them. Hey, it's a great opportunity. You're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and a chance to win. So boy, I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of pride in that organization also. Tom, how do you go about preparing a team to play a winless team? Um, the way I remember Chuck Knoll doing it was he would make all the battles personal, you know, talking about their defensive end versus our offensive tackle, whoever that was. Uh, what you know, but he would make the battles personal and break it down into who's going to win this battle here, and then that was that became like one of the the priorities during the week as you went about your work, knowing that the, the kind of he was throwing the spotlight on you. Well, I think you know, Coach Tomlin. He'll do a great job of that. He's going to tell me, you better not warm up this one, okay? So that's a, a saying he uses a lot. And, and these are the games that, uh, I don't, you know, coaches worry about because, you know, you're playing a team that hasn't won a game. Somebody says, oh, this, be, this won't be a problem. But they're the ones I, I remember, you know, being around Coach Paterno all those years. He was miserable to, to play for in games like this because <laughs> he, would, he would ride you. You know, the, the games were – you know, he knew you guys knew, hey, you know, this is going to be a heck of a football game. He was kind of light, you know, and lighthearted with stuff that went on, you know. Um, he knew he didn't have to, you know, to get you lined up the appropriate way and get you mentally right. But, uh, like I said, it's the NFL. They're all good football teams in that league. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys both play. You know what I mean? You tell me the time you went out and said, oh, boy, okay. No. No. You know, <laughs> you're, you're fighting for your job every, every play and every game. 
As always, I thank you, Coach Bradley. Great job coming to the locker room. We so appreciate you, bro. Talk to you later, all right? Thank you. Yeah, have a good Thanks, time. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you guys. Bacon's on us next time. Bacon's on us. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I never got a piece of bacon off a wolf yet. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm here. I wouldn't hold uh, my I'm breath the bacon on it. police. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Thanks so much. All right, folks. We'll be back with more. We got the, the cool breeze. Tom, uh, Jerry Dulac. <laughs> we have them all mixed up now. You threw the bacon out yeah. there. I started thinking about I, bacon. I, I, I know. I know it just it just completely changes the focus. Discombobulates <laughs> it. All right, here we go. We'll be back after this. This is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the locker room, everybody. We're greatly appreciative of the fact that. The ninjas are running and running hard. I see Garibo every now and then gives me that uh, pulling on the hat, and Jacob's got his hat backwards, you know, because that's how he rolls. He's, <laughs> he's, he's that cool. He, he, he is. is that cool. He is that cool. He is the grandmaster ninja here. You know, I mean, what can I say? It is It is what it is, you know. But that's why we. That's why they are ninjas, you know. I mean, they, they are stealthy. I have cat-like stealth and quickness, and they move about, and they get things done. So, all right. Fashionable. Fashionable. (laughs) Fashionable. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Very fashionable. (laughs) All right. We're going to roll on here because I believe we've got the cool breeze in the house. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette and Game Day Radio and all sorts of radio. How you doing, do? Wolf, I am fine. And, uh, yeah, I'm careful on how many social media platforms I step because I worry I'll fall off. (laughs) <laughs> well, the one thing I always remember, Jerry, and, and Max will appreciate this. We did a show, a weeknight show one time, and Max, I ate three ribs, three racks of ribs on the air with Jerry Dulac one time while we did the oh show. Oh, my gosh. While you uh, did the show. Uh, wow. Max, at Max, at it was at Damon's, and yes. they weren't the half rack. Okay. They were the full rack. And not only did he eat three during the two-hour show, he ate one during a commercial break. <laughs> I forgot oh, about that. Oh, my gosh. That and was power he, eating. He, he ate those ribs the way I eat a wing ding. I mean, it was one in the mouth, <laughs> whoop, and there went all the meat, all the bones. Yeah, exactly. Clean, clean, cleaned it for, to the whistle. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, Wolf, our old, friend, our old friend Jimmy Crenn once said that he wanted to pit you against Bob Airy in an eating contest because he's the former Penguin because he's an announcer. He said Bob Airy, pound for pound, is the greatest eater he's ever seen. And I said, nobody's a match for Wolf. I'm, you know, in my prime, baby, I, I'm hey, sorry. Bob right. Airy was going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I wouldn't bet against you in, in any eating contest in your day, Wolf. In my day, that's the key word. Right now, at the age of sixty-three, that that day is no more. <laughs> that's right. That's but we right. still Day's attempt gone. it every now and then. <laughs> All right, Jerry, what do you got this week, my friend? I mean, you look at where the Steelers are approaching a Lions, uh, a winless Lions team. We had the coach Tom Bradley on just before you, and there oh, are, there there, yeah, there's oh, it's just the greatest. But there are issues, and one of the things I think about is. When you come off a, a bye week like the Lions, they got a chance to look at a short week team like the Steelers in a deep dive, and it makes me wonder what they're going to come up with. Yeah, they, re- you know, well, uh, they really have nothing to lose. Uh, I, look, I know it's the NFL. It's not a call. It's not a college program. It's not like 
you know, these coaches want to win a game, especially now. They want to win any game any way he can. But, you know, you would think the Lions will come out and, and you know, throw quite a few surprises at the Steelers. I mean, they have to do something to get the players excited, get the players, uh, you know, interested, and then get the players excited. And, and so I would expect the Lions to come out and play with nothing to lose because all they have to lose is another game. And they've already right. lost eight of them. So, yeah, and especially coming off the bye. You know, they're going to try and do some things that they haven't done better. Um, but I, I think all in all, um, I, I think, you know, and the other thing, the flip side of that is, and, and you guys know this, you can talk about, um, you know, you don't want to look past them. I don't think anybody's going to look past them. But, you know, taking them lightly. We've seen it happen before. We see it happen all around the National Football League. And, and it's human nature. Uh, and you could talk about, you know, guarding against it. But I, I don't know. Sometimes it's it's a bad vibe day. Sometimes it's human nature. And, you know, I remember Stan Terlecki, the old Polish uh, uh, soccer star for the Pittsburgh Spirit, once told me an old Polish saying, if you walk with birds long enough, pretty soon you begin to sound like them. <laughs> and I, I think what happens is, you know, you, you start playing to the level of your competition. So I'll be curious to see how the Steelers respond again on a short week against a team who has, uh, you know, let's face it, has nothing to lose. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is one that even as I was watching my stuff, Jerry, um, I I went and watched the, uh, the Rams game and, and they tried to blitz them early. Uh, They, they, they first drive, you know, they come down, they score, they onside kick it at the beginning, recover it, and then score again. And next thing you know, they're they're up, you know, 10 zip on the Rams. So, I mean, I expect them to come out and try something uh, very, very, uh, very dastardly, so to speak, as, as I do my evil, evil villain finger finger taps. <laughs> yeah, Max, and, they, and they, they tried a fake punt twice in the, in the same game. And I don't think it was the Rams yeah. game, uh, but I'm trying to remember which one it was. So, yeah, I would expect those types of things to happen. I mean, because, again, what, what do they have to lose? And they have to do something to try and get a victory. So, I think you see. I think you'll see quite a few stops pulled out uh, Sunday afternoon. You know, one of the things that I, I think about is when when you're on a bye week, you know, you get a, a chance to deep dive the other team, especially when they're on a short week. It's and it's going to help you in that sort of essence. But at the same time, if I'm looking at it from the perspective of the Lions, I'm thinking to myself. They seem to, that being the Steelers, they seem to have, number one, we all know the problems between the first and second half. However, that, you know, will work out. But the other thing was, uh, I think the Steelers had a little bit of a problem hold, uh, with the Wildcat. What would you say, Jerry? Well, uh, yeah, Wolf, and the problem I have with that, look, I think they only ran uh, two Wildcats, uh, but both of them were successful. One was, uh, one was the 12-yard run, and the other one was the touchdown. Um, the, uh, you know, we heard Mike Tomlin on Tuesday admit that they failed to take into account some of Justin Fields' designed runs and the Wildcat plays. He said he thought the game circumstances would would kind of reduce those possibilities, but they didn't, and that that was a mistake on his part, failing to adjust to it. And and you know, it's part of you know if they're I don't want to call it a concern, but the same thing happened. In the Seattle game, they failed to adjust in the second half. They assumed the Seahawks would come out trailing 14-0 and would throw the ball. 
and they didn't. They only ran for, what, 18 yards in the first half? Yeah, 18. And they ran for 126 in the second half because they kept running the ball. And the best part was Pete Carroll even tipped them off. Look, I know they're not watching TV, but they interviewed Pete Carroll at halftime, and he says, we're going to continue to run the ball. And the Steelers came out in their nickel defense and never adjusted. And Seattle got back in the game, and we know what happened. It had to go to overtime. The Steelers had a 14-point had a lead that they just tossed away because they failed to adjust. So, you know, that's two games, two out of the last three games, where they failed to adjust defensively and, and tossed away those 14-point leads. And I think they have to do a better job schematically, defensively, uh, defensive calling, uh, signal calling, uh, and adjusting in the second half. And it's part of the reason why they've been badly outscored uh, in the second half this season, even these last four, even during the four-game winning streak. Yeah, I, I think that's that's one. And I think the other thing, Jerry, and you can speak on this, not not starting fast in the second half. Like we 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 right. finally gotten over that bugaboo of starting fast in the first half of games, right? <laughs> right, you know, right. We've gotten over that eleven game drought that has that has far gone since Green Bay, but starting fast in the second half has been an issue for the Steelers. I think. Do you think that also plays into the defensive side of it that? If the offense is sputtering as well, three and outs or short drives that end in punts, and then putting that defense back on the field when they haven't adjusted from that previous long drive of the opposing offense, um, do you think that that's also a concern as well, is that they're not adjusting out of halftime as an entire team getting ready for that third quarter of play? Yeah, and, and Max, and I'm sure you, you've heard this uh, you know, and know this from what, what playing with Ben, but you know, he, he considers – probably the most critical portion of a game is the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, especially offensively. You know, uh, you know, if you can score late in the first half, you ride the momentum going into the locker room, even if you're trailing or if you're not, if it puts you in the lead, and then you come out in the second half and you're able to start quick with another scoring drive to start the second half. And that to him has always, always been the most critical uh, uh, time frame of a game. So, yeah. So, you know, when, when you're able to start fast in the second half, obviously that's a big boost. And when you aren't, um, I don't want to say it puts you behind the eight ball, but it doesn't give you, um, you know, it doesn't give you the type of lift that maybe you're looking to get energized, you know, to, to you know, for the, final, for the final 30 minutes. No question. Jerry, does it bother you at all that mm, Chase Claypool maybe wasn't able to participate in a walkthrough yesterday? No. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, you get the MRI on the toe, but, uh, you know, if he doesn't, if he's not able to go this weekend, um, I'm, we're down to Deontay and uh, uh, James Washington. Uh, is there any yeah, concern, because... I mean, that, that maybe Matt Canada voiced, you know, if, and if anything? Uh, you know, Wolf, I, I didn't hear him. Of course, he wasn't going to speak to an injury or oh, any okay. level. Uh, you know what I mean? They they just don't. Right. Um, but, you know, already you're without Juju. Now it's another big body. I will say this. If Eric Ebron is able to play, which they expect him to, that at least gives them a big body guy who, mm. they, you know, he plays like a wide receiver uh, anyway. But, um, you know, with the toe injury, look, I don't know the degree of that injury, so I'm, I'm not going to speculate at all because I don't know. But, you, you know, as you know, sometimes those toe injuries mm. can be tricky. And, and, you know, they keep you out for a while. And, uh the Steelers obviously hope uh, that isn't the case, um, but uh, we'll see. I, but I think today will be a little more telling, Wolf, 
I, I didn't expect him on a short week to do anything on a Wednesday, especially in a walkthrough. Uh, and uh, I think tomorrow and even Friday will be a little more telling uh, where uh, Chase Claypool is. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Monday night football, you know, that yesterday's practice is essentially Tuesday. Wouldn't normally be a player's right. day off uh, That's in, right. in That's that situation. Right. Um, anything else on the injury front? Anybody else that was surprising um, reading through and in, in, in what I like to call the post-fallout report? Um, anybody else on there? Or are we pretty pretty good outside outside of, obviously, Chase's? injury and then of course uh ben being being pretty much the walking wounded yeah and that's what i was just going to say max i mean you can see um even yesterday when we talked to him uh how i don't want to say how gingerly he walked but how slowly he walked and you know he just he has a myriad of injuries whether it's his pec whether it's his hip whether it's his right shoulder he did, he did say yesterday he says i don't know maybe it was the he said the oakland game las vegas game maybe the cincinnati game but, I mean, I will tell you, it's just something he's been dealing with all the time. Mm. And, you know, for the people who saw that fluttering pass to James Washington, who thought, oh, his, you know, his shoulder's bothering him, his arm shot. You know, you, you, he said this, and you can see this. You know, his hand, uh, you know, gets hit when right. he throws, and that's why it was so poorly underthrown. Um, but, hey, um, you know, I've been told many times that Ben is the, is the absolute warrior uh, you know, he's one tough hombre and right. um, he plays with so many ailments. People think he's a drama queen because he talks about him. He talks about him because he gets asked about him. Um, but good point. Um, you know, he's playing with them all the time. And, um, you know, he gets banged up, as you guys know. I mean, he's a big guy. So, you know, guys are going to hit him because they got to try and bring him down. And uh, he takes a lot of abuse. And yeah, week after week, he's. He's, you know, he's being patched together, and especially at age 39. But he'll be out there. He'll be out there, as we all know. You know, that's the best thing about it, Jerry. Is you, you know, you bring up a great point. He talks about the injuries because he's asked about the injuries. And what do you right, do if you're asked right. about the injuries? You talk about the injuries. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much. Cool Breeze, thank you for checking in. We appreciate your time. Thanks, well, it's Jerry. always good chatting with you, and I'll, I'll see you at the ball yard on Sunday. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you Sounds so much. Good. That's Jerry Dulac, the cool breeze from the Post-Gazette and game day, Steelers game day radio. And uh, we're going to – yeah, we're going to break now. I totally forgot for a moment. You know what I started thinking about? Guess what? Did you start thinking about bacon again? Yeah, bacon. What are you going to do? It's all about the bacon. Hey, hey, listen, I, 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 can't, I can't blame you. Can't blame you. I'm still thinking about the bacon I have. So, all right. Let's go to break. As you were, sir. It's a bacon break. Yes, we'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Back in the locker room. Here we go. Winding up with the last segment, which generally, a lot of times, we find our friends from Chicago and from Charleston uh, in the locker room here. We got CR and Juan show. Let's go. CR and Juan, how you guys doing? Hello. You guys there? Testing. One, two, three, four. Uh, maybe we don't have them. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll have to move on here oh. then. Oh. 
for whatever reason, we're not we're not connecting with them. But okay, Max. So uh, one of the things that I was talking about when we talked with Jerry, and obviously, I one of the bonehead moves was I didn't ask the coach Tom Bradley about it. But again, in the Wildcat, there was only a couple. There was just several. But the the fact is, it did bother me a little bit. They were scored so easily on on that Wildcat stuff. Um, that's something in my mind. If I'm with the the Lions, I'm taking a look at that and thinking. All right, they had some success here. We might want to probe this a bit more. Given the fact, and by the way, given the fact that Jared yeah, Goff no, has I, not been killing it either. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's it's something we need to need to explore um, because DeAndre Swift is that good. You know, he's a guy that can make some things happen in the backfield. I mean, he's a very skilled runner. Um, you know, another guy that I think will have a big role, TJ Hawkinson. I think we can't overlook him at the tight end position as well. So I think there's there's some there's some things there that they may try and utilize that are golfless, so to speak, in the offense. <laughs> golfless. To get other guys involved. <laughs> Very and, good. Yeah, golfless. Okay. Exactly. It's a new phrase. New phrase. Only applies to only applies to Detroit though. Okay. Um But I think I think that's kind of where we have to be because you know, Detroit has played close some of the games. Like, they played up to their competition when you think about how they played L.A., right? You know, how, the, how they played earlier in the year. I think it was against uh, San Francisco. Right. Like, they played some teams really tough, but then there's the teams where you well, get like Philadelphia two weeks yeah. ago going into the bye. Yeah, yeah, that, that, w- that one was just an obliteration. I think we'll see more L.A. versus Philadelphia when they come here, they're, they're, they've got a week off, the body's healed up, and Dan Campbell's searching for that first victory. They need that win on their belt, and you can't sleepwalk through this one. Just because you look at the record doesn't mean that you automatically get the victory. That's why games are played, right? right. At the end of the day, you play the game to see either whether you're right or whether you're wrong. And so they're going to they're gonna pull out all the stops. You know, Jerry mentioned it earlier, running two fake punts in the same game. L.A. game running the fake the fake uh, kickoff right and, and and you know and trying to and running an onside yep. out of regular person like those are the things we have to anticipate as a Steelers squad and adjust for those Mike T you said it yourself you learned you did not think they would continue to run the ball well guess what teams are still going to try and run the ball on us because they've seen it be successful in the second half of games especially so they know hey it, it might be tough slaying the first half the team comes out strong but if we keep doing it, it's going to eventually break, and we're going to get big plays off of it. So you got to be mindful of that and constantly honing it into the guys. Don't get lulled to sleep because we're going to see any and everything out of Detroit for this game. So this, so our Steelers squad needs to be prepared for any and everything. They need to have a little Swiss Army knife in their pocket, <laughs> right? I don't know when I'm going to need that spoon, right? But that spoon function might be might come in handy. I know it looks awkward. But, you know, not everybody needs a toothpick, but I got one in here. I can pull it out. <laughs> Don't always True. need the saw and the knife and the scissors. You know what I'm saying? Like, have everything in there. Ha- have have everything, every variable, uh, you know, accounted for. And plus, can't fumble the ball, Ray Ray. You cannot oh, fumble yeah. the ball. Secure, secure, secure. Listen, I don't care if you have to fair catch everything. Fair right. catch everything. If that if that's what's going to make you be fumble free, I don't care. If there's a blade of grass to defend or to go get, I trust offense and defense to do that. But don't let special teams be the reason why you lost this game. 
No question about it. You know, one of the things that you, you, when you talk about anything and everything going on, uh, it makes me wonder, too. And, I, again, I try to look at it, put, you know, my cap on like a Detroit Lions coach and say, okay, we saw that the Wildcat had think some. Think kneecaps. Think kneecaps. Think kneecaps. If what? you're going to be a Detroit Lions coach. Because remember Dan Campbell said, we're going to bite kneecaps? Oh. <laughs> We need well, then we need uh, shin guards. That's what we might yeah, need. Shin guards. You need shin guards. Uh, yeah, really. But like you said, it, there's nothing as dangerous as a team or a player that's got nothing to lose. You know, what I mean, because they will yeah. try, as you said, they will try anything. You know, I think about it. You know, some of the defensive linemen I've played. You know, guys who are, are noted bull rushers, but some guys, you know, that uh, in a team that they're not going anywhere. They'll throw the swim, they'll throw the uppercut, the spin, uh, you know, all the stuff. They'll they'll let it all out, you know, when normally you just see basically a bull rush type of affair from them, just maybe the bull rush down the middle to getting an edge. But you don't you, you, you don't expect anything really big from them, and then boom, they'll pull it out when they are indeed facing that fact that we've got nothing to lose here, man. It might as well. Yeah, and, and that and that's the scariest part, right? Because you're unpredictable as well. Right. When you get in that desperation mode. So there's no like getting a bead on anything because they will change it up just for the sake of changing it up. Because everything else that they've done that that's on schedule has not worked to this point. Right. So, it's like, why not? Who what matters if we're down twenty one points? Why not kick the onside kick? Why not go for the fake punt? We're already down three touchdowns, right? Why not go for the triple reverse pass back to the halfback who throws a 30-yard pass to a quarterback? Why not do something crazy like that? Like, all of that stuff is what is scary as opposed to a team who's, like, trying not to lose, right? You'll play extra tight um, as opposed to playing to win. And I think all those variables, you know, mixed together just leads for some craziness that can occur on the field in Heinz Field on Sunday. There's no question about it, and I, I think that's exactly what you're going to have to prepare for because, you know, they're they're going to let it loose. They're going to be a little bit crazy about it, and I certainly would think that uh, it's going to be um, – I don't know. I think the opportunity for this game is, is, is going to be – first of all, the Jared Goff-Matthew Stafford thing has turned out better for the Rams than it did for the Lions. That's – Absolutely. You know, no question Absolutely. about it. But looking at this team – Looking at the fact that defensively speaking, this is probably the weakest uh, rushing defense team we've faced thus far, uh, you know, up front there. It makes me go like this. Okay, this is a, a physical code red, uh, Najee, 30 rushing touches, maybe whatever opportunity to go at it with these guys and get out of that game, you know, in – like record time because you're running the ball so much you can go after them and I'm just wondering if this is that opportunity especially from the offensive line coming off a game where they they took a step back let's take a step forward man let's put it to them and let's get 100 150 yards rushing here and and let's put it to rest early in this game yeah I, I completely agree Wolf. if there was an opportunity to go have that bounce back, that feel good. Mm -hmm. This is that game. The get right this week. Is the game. The get right week. The tune up. The attitude adjustment week. Refocus myself. Whatever, whatever type of phrasing or acronym or whatever <laughs> else you want to put to it. Go out there and take your boot and put it in their butt because you can. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yep. that's the type of week it is. And and that's what I want to see. And I hopefully 
that's where we see maybe even see a Zach Banner sighting, right? As an active that's true. guy who that's could true. come out and be a jumbo tight end in the run game. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a feasibility to where you don't have to move Dan Moore or Chooks in unbalanced line sets to get all the other crazy stuff going. Line Zach up there and, and just road grade. Yep. Run counter off of imagine running counter to that side when oh. that tray block is Chooks and Zach. Oh yeah. Or Dan Moore and Zach. That is big beef. When you talk about, you know, you always say it, the axe handles across the back. Yep. Imagine that. That's that's that big swinging gate that you always see that you're like, man, I can't, I can't get past this front door because this gate is humongous. I need for it to open up. Go be that type of swinging gate that just moves everything out the way and creates a clear path and let Najee have a day. Let him have a record day for his career and let him go, like you said, touch it 25 to 30 times and be a difference in this game to where it's not relied on Ben's arm. Right. The defense the defense can play loose and fast and do and continue to gather their stats, right? TJ can go rack up a couple more sacks. We don't mind a multi-sack performance, TJ. That's true. Let some true. let some other you know, Taco Charlton, go get you a sack too. <laughs> Everybody gets a sack. Go ahead, pass them out. Loudermilk, get a sack. Highsmith, get a sack. Everybody get, Minka, come on in. Come on in. The water's fine. Just d- dive in off the deep end. Get the sack as well. Like this is that day. Like if you're if you're screwed in offensively, right? This is a game where you can absolutely dominate if you're locked in and you commit to what you're going to do and not try and get cute with it, right? Not trying to use the misdirection, not trying to hit the edges like you were against Chicago. Go right at the teeth of this defense, create those double teams like we saw in Cleveland. Right. Yes. Create inside zone paths, counter trap paths, wham paths and go straight at these guys and make them quit. Look in their eyes and watch them dart down in the way. Exactly. They don't want they don't want they don't want any problems. Max said you're you're right on. Look at one of the things that I was hoping this week that we would see and I was hoping last week was a little more of the 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 man gap man blocking, all right? Power based moving the people because you you see the elements coming together. They're coming together, but they took a step back last week, which, you know, you'll have those course corrections over the time over a season. The line will it, yeah. it has those games where you get the hiccups. But this is like you said, the opportunity to straighten it out and to go right after them and to do so in a physical manner where I think one of the things that when you look at the defensive line for the Lions and, and their run defense, I think you can rather than stretch them, you can physically move them and get after them and do so in a way, just like you said, you know, be as subtle as a frying pan to the forehead, be as subtle as a fist to the face, you know, go after them with those, the basic power blocking schemes that you know that you can have and be the clemaniacs, you know, move people back, you know, move that line of scrimmage back on the other side of the line. Listen, I, I love playing with Legos, right? Right. Little small blocks. You're just like my son focused. Maximus. Yeah, yeah. And you got to put them in place, right? You got to, you got to, you have directions you follow. You put it up. It's nice, right? But every once in a while, you need some Tonka trucks just to go, just crash into things. <laughs> go be Tonka truck. You don't have to be a Lego architect, okay, guys? It's okay. Take the dump truck and ram it into the bulldozer just to see what happens. I, I'm okay with that. It's okay. And this is that type of game. Wonderful. That's a great way to summarize it, Max. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you so much. That's the locker room for today. Stay tuned because the Godfather will be up. Stan Saverin after this. Max, great job. And everybody, we'll see you tomorrow.